You are now listening to the Legends Lingo Podcast, presented by StudentUnionSports.com. Here are your hosts, Al and Powder. All right, everybody. Welcome back in Legends Lingo Podcast, episode 225, presented by StudentUnionSports.com. Make sure to check out everything going on at StudentUnionSports.com from the daily podcast to the blogs, as well as the weekly podcasts and blogs. A little bit of a slow season. Congratulations to the Denver Nuggets for winning the NBA title, and congratulations to the Las Vegas Golden Knights for winning the Stanley Cup final. So now it's just baseball right now until really September. Yeah. August a little bit with, like, training camp starting and stuff like that, but September really. Right. Right, exactly. Like, there's, yeah, training camp's going on. There's some preseason games, but as far as, like, actual meaningful stuff like – Baseball is going on. I think the WNBA is going on. I think golf is mm-hmm. going on. So I think those are the, the sports that are kind of kind of in season right now this the summer. But um, but yeah, Alan Hegan here, Tom Powder Cadmus alongside me per usual. Powder, is it nice to be able to record just like mid-afternoon? It is. Um, had a little weather come in our area, well, potential weather, so canceled my night, so... Get to relax a little bit tonight. Yeah, definitely get the chance to relax, get this out of the way, and get some other things done that need to be done. Mm-hmm. You know, household stuff, adult stuff, like paying bills, doing laundry, all that <laughs> all that really riveting, fun stuff. Oh, yeah. But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about a lot going on in Boston sports this week. We actually have one topic for each of the Boston sports, for the Bruins, Celtics, Patriots, and Red Sox. So, Powder, per usual, I'm going to let you pick the first topic that we talk about. What do you want to what do you want to start with? Mm, let's start because we don't talk about them a lot. Let's start with the Bruins. Okay. So at the top of the show, like we said, the Vegas Golden Knights beat the Florida Panthers nine to three in game five of the Stanley Cup finals to win their first ever Stanley Cup in franchise history, even though they're six years old. But congratulations to congratulations to the Vegas Golden Knights and shout out to uh former Couch Guy sports writer Kaylee Allard, who was actually the social media person for the Vegas Golden Knights. Shout out to Kaylee. She got the chance to hoist up the Stanley Cup with everyone else. So hard work pays off. So congratulations to Kaylee. That's an awesome accomplishment. Yes. But anyways, Vegas Golden Knights defeat the Florida Panthers. And who's the head coach for the Golden Knights? It's Bruce Cassidy. Who was the coach that the Bruins let go of before the start of the 2022-2023 season? Bruce Cassidy. So with that, Powder, I just have kind of a, an interesting tidbit to kind of ask you. Looking back on it now, and I know we're, we're playing a little Monday morning quarterback, or in our case, Wednesday afternoon podcasting, but that's yep. just how it is. Do you think the Bruins should have kept Bruce, Ca- Bruce Cassidy for one more season, or do you think they made the, the right move because maybe the message was getting stale, maybe the players just needed to hear a different voice? What are your kind of thoughts overall on that? I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. Seeing Bruce Cassidy win the Stanley Cup is obviously looking back. You could say, yeah, the Bruins made a mistake, but I think with the way the Bruins played, yes, obviously in the playoffs, we all know how that went. But the regular season, the team seemed to be having fun, seemed to be enjoying themselves. Uh, maybe they wouldn't have had as great of a regular season, but maybe the playoffs they could have been in better shape to win. Maybe some of the things. Maybe Bruce Cassidy would have switched goalies a little sooner because I think that's one thing we talked about a lot with the Bruins when they lost in the playoffs. But 
I want to say no. I just want to say, you know, I think, like you said, I think the message gets sale. I think when you have a coach for a while, it happens at every level of sports, in my opinion. When you're, like for us, travel ball, if you're with a group, even if you do a group for two years, like I've done it the second year, they don't listen to you. Like even adults who should be a little bit better at doing that stuff and listening and stuff like that, not tuning out a coach when you are around people for long enough them being hard on you doesn't have the same effect it did that when you first started working under them whatever your profession is whether you're a teacher a coach a player uh whatever the uh, bagger at a grocery store once you're you've been around your boss for a couple of years i think it just becomes the the meanness and toughness becomes less and less so I kind of like the point that you made about, you know, with the boss and kind of the meanness and mm-hmm. toughness lessening, because I don't think it was a case that the the meanness or the toughness of Bruce Cassidy was lessening by the day. I think it was getting more intense. And I think, unfortunately, I think Bruins players couldn't handle that. And that's not good. Yeah. Now, I think both things can be true, right? I think Bruce Cassidy needed a new start. He needed kind of a different team to kind of be the leader of. And surely enough, the Vegas Golden Knights, even I think it was Captain Mark Stone that said, Bruce brings a toughness that we needed. So it's exactly what they needed. But on the flip side, I think also, too, that the Bruins needed just a new voice in that locker room. They needed someone that came in a little more hands-off, a little bit more of a player's coach, and that's why Jim Montgomery was so good for this group. Now, granted, do I I think that the Bruins will have as great a year as they did this year ever again? No, this was a special regular season that they had this past year. Greatest ever. Yeah, greatest ever. I don't think it's ever going to be replicated. But do I think that Jim Montgomery can be successful in Boston? Yes, I really do. I think that, again, both statements can be true. Bruce Cassidy was a good coach for the Bruins, but also both sides needed a fresh start in a different direction. Yep. Both can be in play here. I think it's a, I think it's a narrative for Boston sports media outlets to talk about all day. Even on Zolak and Bertrand, I love Zolak and Bertrand, the 10 to 2 show middays on 98.5 The Sports Hub. First thing they talked about, Bruce Cassidy winning the cup, Bruce Cassidy, you know, leaving the Bruins. And there was even a debate, who would you rather have right now, Bruce Cassidy or Don Sweeney? Now, now that's a tough one. I don't know which direction I would go there. Maybe recency bias says um, Sweeney because he made a lot of good moves this year to try to put you in a position to win a cup. Mm -hmm. But if you love the coach, then you're going to go with Cassidy. So that's just, again, that was just a, a little topic that I kind of wanted to throw in there. Any final thoughts, Powder, on Bruce Cassidy? And again, congratulations to the Vegas Golden Knights for winning their first ever Stanley Cup. Just any closing thoughts on that? No, not really. I think it's, um, I think we hit everything on the head with saying that I just think it was time for the Bruins to get a different look as a coach. All right. So the Bruins are out of the way. Let's talk about let's talk Celtics next. Let's just stick with the the winter seasons and kind of throw this into the fire here. So this actually came out. So we're recording on Wednesday, June fourteenth, about four fifty p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and this little bit of uh, of NBA news came out. So Bradley Beal, superstar guard for the Washington Wizards, Shams reported it. Adrian Wojnarowski reported it. I don't even know if I said that. Right. But basically it was that Bradley Beal and the Wizards are going to explore a trade with these new CBA rules that are coming into play next season. 
Now, there have also been reports that Philadelphia is not interested. There's also a report out there from Brian Windhorst that Boston is not interested. Their focus is extending Jalen Brown, which I understand. In a, in a way, I understand it. Jalen Brown, second-team All-NBA member this year. He's proven that he can be one of the best players in the game, even though he has to work on his left-handed dribbling, which has kind of been the Achilles heel for him the past couple of years. But when I look at this powder, as weird as it sounds, I think they can do both. Mm-hmm. I think they can extend Jalen Brown, but then I also think that you can trade, if you want to, for Bradley Beal. Now, keep in mind, Beal and Tatum are really great friends. They've been great friends since they were little kids. Mm-hmm. You don't think bringing in one of Jason Tatum's best friends will entice Tatum to want to stay here for the longevity of his career? Oh, Definitely. Definitely, definitely, definitely. And think about this, right? We talk about the core. We talk about, you know, yeah, we want to keep them together, but you might have to make a move to to separate it and to have a little bit of a new direction. Who's to say the Celtics wouldn't come up with something like Marcus Smart, like Malcolm Brogdon, and then I'm just going to throw another, like a forward out there, Danilo Gallinari, and like some picks. Mm-hmm. For Bradley Beal, who's to say, and I'm not saying that that's the exact trade that will happen or has been thrown out there, but it's a way to break up the core and still bring in a really talented, talented player. Now, do I believe that Boston is not interested in Bradley Beal? Maybe right now, but I think if that price drops, like if the asking price for Bradley Beal drops a little bit, you might be able to go in there and snag him and kind of steal him away. I don't know, Powder. Would you want to see Bradley be on the Celtics? And if so, how can they get it done? Um, we definitely talked about this for a couple of years now with Bradley Beal, and he's definitely a scorer you want to see on the Celtics. He's a, and like you said, getting the Celtics maybe in a different direction, getting a new face in here that kind of does stuff a little differently than what the Celtics have done the last couple of years as a player is I think some of the Celtics need because I think they're very close to being there, but they still need something to put them over the top. And obviously you're going to have to compete now that, that the Nuggets have won it. It's um, You're going to have to compete with them year in and year out if you make it that far. I think they're going to be good for a while, especially with Joker, how, Joke, however you say his last name. But um, Jokic, the Joker. Jokic. But um. They're always they're gonna be good for a while. So and then getting someone to kind of combat Jimmy Butler because I think the Heat they're they're all, as long as Jimmy Butler's there they're gonna be they're gonna be a thorn in everybody's side. I I don't know if they'll ever win an NBA title with the with the team they have, but they'll be pesky to play in playoffs and stuff like that because they find ways to win games. But um. But I think the Celtics, I think it would be a good move for the Celtics. And I kind of like the trade you gave out there where I think it, as much as I love Marcus Smart and he's a great defender and all that stuff, I think it is time to go a different direction because I think I think he's good. But I think if the Celtics want to finally go the hump and win a title with this core, I think Marcus Smart is a piece that has to go. I do too. Because you're not going to get rid of Tatum. There's already, excuse me, again, there's already rumors out there that the Celtics want to get this deal done with Jalen Brown, get that extension done. Yeah. So Smart would have to be the movable piece. 
And it's not like Marcus Smart is is chopped liver here. You know, he's he's a guy that one defensive player of the year. He's he's just that guy in every city that every city would love to have that scrappy, you know, defensive guy, but also a guy that can once in a while get hot from the outside and can lead you, you know, on nights where your superstars aren't carrying the load. Yeah. And then Malcolm Brogdon is another candidate to get traded. And I love Malcolm Brogdon and he was the sixth man of the year this year, but he's a contract that you can move to. Danilo Gallinari is a contract that you can move. Al Horford, again, another guy. Love Al Horford, but he's a contract you can move if you really want to. It's all dependent on what do you see the vision as. Do you want Bradley Beal in here, or do you take a chance that he's going to go to some team that's not really relevant? I saw the Milwaukee Bucks could be potential suitors for Bradley Beal. You add Bradley Beal to Giannis and and those guys, like that's going to make it even tougher. Like you said, the Bucks are going to be there. The Heat are going to be there. Excuse me, the 76ers are going to be in the thick of things. You have the Hawks and the Knicks. The Cavs are up and coming. You have mm-hmm. a competitive Eastern Conference. And you proved this year that you just didn't have enough. Now, you added two nice pieces to the bench, and Sam Cassell and Charles Lee, who was the Milwaukee associate head coach last year. Now he's going to be on the Celtic staff this year. Shout out to Charles Lee. Welcome to Boston. But again, with Bradley Beal being here, it adds another score. It adds yep. a guy that when Tatum's off and if Brown is, is, isn't being the guy that we need him to be, there's your next scorer. Mm-hmm. There's your guy. Do I think it's going to happen? No, I don't think that it's, it's going to happen, but is it cool to envision and cool to dream? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Of course it is. Without dreams, don't without dreams. There's no opportunities powder. I agree. hundred percent. And if you want an opportunity to win that title, you might have to dream a little bit here. Consider getting Bradley Beal. Yeah. Just consider it. But anyways, I digress. Again, a little Celtics tip. And again, shout out to Charles Lee, who, again, I think that's a great hire for the Celtics staff. I mean, now you got Missoula leading the charge with Sam Cassell and Charles Lee on your coaching staff, two mm-hmm. established assistant coaches, two guys that have been around the NBA for a number of years now. So those are great to see. Happy to see that. All right, we're going to get into the the big story of the week, which is DeAndre Hopkins. Before we get into that powder, you want to tell us about our friends at A&B Kitchen and Bar? Yeah, after just talking about the Bruins and Celtics, let's talk about the restaurant right across the street from the TD Garden. A&B Kitchen and Bar is located, like I said, right across the street from the TD Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Or if you're in the North Shore of Mass, A&B Burgers is located in Beverly, Mass. They both offer some of the best food I've ever had, whether it's burgers, it's fish and chips, it's pasta, it's meatloaf, it's a salad. Everything is made locally, grown locally. Uh, All the beers are local from local breweries all around Massachusetts and New England. Um, Even the soda is local. If you want a great bite to eat in a great atmosphere, especially once the Celtics and Bruins start back up in the fall, Head over to A&B Kitchen and Bar and tell them the Legends boys send you. Shout out to our friends at A&B Kitchen and Bar, both in Boston, Massachusetts and Beverly, Massachusetts. Great time, great people, even better atmosphere. So go check it out. Yep. All right, Powder, we got to talk about it. DeAndre Hopkins visiting New England. He's actually going to be visiting 
as we're recording on Wednesday, June 14th, he's coming Wednesday night, staying into Thursday morning. So here's the thing with Hopkins. I think DeAndre Hopkins, you bring him in here, he's going to be a dynamic playmaker in the offense. I think when you put him alongside guys like Kendrick Bourne, put him alongside Juju Smith-Schuster, you put him alongside Tyquan Thornton, I think Devontae Parker gets bumped out because Parker and Hopkins are similar receivers. But everything about this powder just screams he needs to be a Patriot. Because yeah. let's go back to the three things. I'm going to quiz you real quick. Let's go back to the three things that DeAndre Hopkins said he wanted in his next NFL team. Do you remember any of them? It's um, established coaching staff or head coach. I'll, I'll give you half on that. So, yeah, management. Essentially management. management. A stable management. Okay, that's one. Yep. What, the, what are the other two? A young, a young quarterback, I'm pretty sure. Yep. A good quarterback, loves the game. Yep, I'll give that one to you. And then the last one? Uh, give you a hint. It's what the Patriots are known for right now. Defense. A, a, a championship caliber defense. Yeah. So you have those three things. Stable management, which you can't get more stable than Kraft and Belichick. Mac Jones is a quarterback that, again, Patriots players are surrounding themselves with, hanging out with. They love Mac. And the defense has the opportunity to be a top five defense this year. Check, mm -hmm. check, check. Another thing, Patriots have about $14 million in cap space. DeAndre Hopkins is probably looking for right around there to get a contract done. Check again. He visited the Titans. Hopkins visited the Titans on Sunday into Monday. No contract was offered, and that was a good sign. But now, this is the part that's a little scary, Powder. I think if Hopkins leaves New England on Thursday without a contract signed, I don't think he's coming here. Mm -hmm. I just don't. I think he's going to wait out the market potentially. I think his agent's going to try to wait out the market. Because who knows, right? Like what happens in Kansas City if one or two of their receivers goes down and then they can work some sort of cap space magic where they can sign Hopkins. And then he's off in Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes. There are situations that tell me Hopkins needs to sign when he's in the building. They need to they need to pull out all the stops for him. Jeff Howell of the Athletic came out and said that there's a lot of optimism that the Patriots and Hopkins can get a deal done. Yeah. But that doesn't mean they're going to get a deal done. So I'm just going to ask you point blank, Tom Powder Cadmus, on Wednesday, June 14th, this question. After DeAndre Hopkins visit with New England. Is he a Patriot or does he go elsewhere? That's such a tough question because I, I want him at in New England so bad. But I can see him waiting out, like you said, and trying to find a really like a, a team that's a real contender. Like he knows he's going to win. But I think the Patriots are finally hearing the noise from the fans, and I think they're going to do whatever it takes to get him here. So I think him visiting is a really good sign. I think that means that he's going to be New England Patriots. So I'm going to say yes, he's going to be New England Patriot. So you're saying DeAndre Hopkins by the end of the week will be a New England Patriot? Yes. Okay. Before I give my answer, like officially, I want to go back to something you said. 
management is hearing it from the fans. I agree with that. Because think of all the stuff this offseason powder. Robert Kraft came out and said, we're aware that we have kind of not performed to expectations. We're going to do our very best to improve our team, get an offensive coordinator. What happens? They go out and get Bill O'Brien, which has turned out to be a really good move so far. Keywords so far. You have the opportunity to bring in a, a high prize free agent. Like Hopkins isn't a slouch. Yeah, he's 31 years old, but he still led the league in receiving last year in receptions. And he missed about half the season. And DeAndre Hopkins was doing it with quarterbacks like Colt McCoy, Brock Osweiler. Like, yeah, he played with Deshaun Watson a little bit. And yeah, he played with Kyler Murray, who's kind of average in my opinion. Mm -hmm. But regardless, he's done that with bad quarterbacks. Imagine adding him with Mac. And I'm not saying Mac's a pro bowl or anything like that, but Mac is an accurate quarterback when you give him time. So imagine being in that offense with the guy that you had as a head coach in Houston and Bill O'Brien that you got the best years out of them. Mm -hmm. It makes too much sense on paper, right? Yep. And also there was a report that came out, you know, all that stuff about O'Brien and Hopkins, how there'd be animosity. Yeah. Apparently there's no animosity at all. Apparently they're, they're fine. Oh, wow. So now if that's the case, you have all the checks, the boxes checked. You have the money. Your OC has said, yeah, bring him in here. Receivers are saying bring him in here. Max saying bring him in here. Bill Belichick, Powder, even acknowledged that Hopkins is coming. He wasn't just like, yeah, I'm not going to talk about players that aren't on our team. He actually acknowledged that, yeah, Hopkins is coming. He didn't He did in Belichick fashion, being like, I'm not a travel agent. Typical Belichick. But yeah. he still was like, yeah, basically, yeah, he's coming here. But we don't know what's going to happen. So if that's the case, why do you not get this deal done? I don't think it's going to get done because I think that, unfortunately, I think Belichick's going to be Belichick and he's going to say, all right, DeAndre, here's the deal that we're going to put out for you. You don't like it. You can walk out the door and this is over. And knowing Hopkins and his agent, they'll probably say, we're going to pursue other opportunities. They're going to leave the building. And then he's going to end up with like the Ravens or he's going to end up and like the NFC with like the Lions or something like that. Like he's just going to end up on a weird team, a very weird team. And it saddens me because DeAndre Hopkins to the Patriots makes way too much sense, especially yeah. now. Mm -hmm. Like how many months have we been on this powder? I have no idea. A long time. At least since the start of the new year, right? Since January. Yeah, definitely. And especially kicked up the last couple months. Mm-hmm. But there was even a point where, especially with me, I don't know about you, but especially with me after the draft, I'm like, they're not. Okay, Hopkins is done. He's going to stay yeah, in Arizona. Okay. Yeah. And then they release him, and it's like, okay, now you don't even have to give anything up. Now you just got to pay the guy. Mm -hmm. Let me just ask you this. What is a fair contract to give to DeAndre Hopkins? Let's say, all right, DeAndre, we're going to give you we'll give you a two-year deal with the third year for an option. How how much are you giving per year? I think you give him probably ten to twelve million with another probably three to four in incentives, like different ways for him to earn more money. Okay, so similar similar to what I've said, two for twenty four, mm -hmm. get the incentives so that way you can get it up to thirty. Yeah, so you can get up to fifteen. That's what Odell got in Bal in uh yeah in Baltimore for one year. Yeah. 
$15 million deal. You say to DeAndre, yes, we're going to give you $12 million guaranteed, but for $3 million, go catch 75 passes. Yeah. You know, go, you know, go catch for, I don't know, like go out and get a 1,500 receiving yards or 1,000 receiving yards, whatever, right? Yeah. B- build those incentives in to get it there. Don't be cheap. Yeah. That's the big thing. Do not be cheap with DeAndre Hopkins. Because if you are cheap and you try to do the New England Patriot Bill Belichick way, you will get burned and you will not get the player. Mm-hmm. So Powder saying he thinks DeAndre Hopkins will be a Patriot by next week. I'm saying he won't be. Tune in next week to find out if DeAndre Hopkins does indeed end up a Patriot. Do you have any final thoughts, Powder, on the topic before we kind of move into a quick Red Sox tidbit? No, I just, like I said, I hope they find a way to get a deal done by the end of the week. They need to. Because if you add Hopkins, then the offense can really be something. I'm not saying they're going to be top 10. I'm not saying they're going to be a top five offense. But they can be a top half of the league offense with DeAndre Hopkins. And if you have a top half of the league offense and you're just you're, you can put up a decent amount of points, let the defense do the rest. Let the special teams do the rest. And you will win football games. I don't care how tough your schedule is. But Hopkins is that missing piece. Go at him. Mm-hmm. Do not let him out of the building without a contract, Bill. Plain and simple. We've even given you the numbers for it. But we'll see. All right. Final tidbit for the night. Red Sox starting to hit a, a snide a little bit. 33 and 35 right now. But that's not what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the manager, Alex Cora. Because, Powder, I know that we've talked about this. I know that we've I know that we've seen the rumors. There was the the connection to the University of Miami because the baseball job's open. Now mm-hmm. Cora quickly shut that down. Obviously, there's kind of some frustration going on with this Red Sox team because just positive things aren't happening. They've lost the last two nights to Colorado in heartbreaking fashion in extra innings, both games. And you lose a series to that Rockies team. That's not a good look, especially Mm -hmm. after you just beat the Yankees in the Bronx two out of three. Yeah. So I have kind of a two-parter. Let's start with the first part. In your opinion, does Alex Cora make it through the 2023 season as the manager of the Boston Red Sox? Yes or no and why? I think so. I just think with... The jobs he's done, yeah, obviously 2022 wasn't the best year, and this year hasn't. It's been okay, but I just think 2018 and 2021, those years were really good for Alex Gore. I think the Red Sox management likes him. I think he fits the mold for what they want. I think they keep him through the end of the season. Okay, so to those points, here's a couple things that I want to ask you and just consider. 2018, probably the best group of talent that they had in Alex Cora's tenure as a Red Sox. No? Oh, 100%. Especially when you have Chris Sale, David Price, Mookie Betts, Andrew Benintendi, Xander Bogarts. J.D. J.D. Martinez, yep. It was his first year in Boston, and he came out and just hit home run after home run. It was yeah. great. I think, he, I think he hit 30 home runs that season. I could be mistaken. I, but, think, I think more than that. Yeah, at least 30. Yeah. But they had the talent. 2019, it took a little bit of a dip. Mm-hmm. The cheating scandal comes out with Houston. 
They suspend Cora for the 2020 season. Good move. They bring him back, but don't forget, Sam Fold was also in the running for manager of the Red Sox. I truly think, Powder, that's the guy that Heim Bloom wanted to be the manager of the Red Sox. I agree with you that ownership loves Alex Cora. I don't know if Heim Bloom loves Alex Cora. I don't think that's it. I think Heim Bloom wants a numbers guy, a statistics guy, not an old school baseball. Because Alex Cora is more old school baseball with a little yeah. bit of analytics thrown in. Is that is that fair to say, or am well, I off on that? I I agree. Okay. So then, twenty twenty one comes. Don't forget, they had to get into the playoffs the last week. Yeah. Of that season, and then they go. They you know they upset the Rays in the ALDS. Looks like they could go to the World Series, and then Houston kind of comes in and. You know, wins the, the last three games of the series to win the series four games too. But anyways, and then 2022, down year. And 2023 so far has been a teeter-totter. It's been up and down, up and down, mm-hmm. up and down. Alex Cora doesn't want to be a part of something that isn't stable, that isn't, that doesn't have a direction. Yeah. Now, what do you think the direction of the Red Sox is right now? Uh, that's tough because I think they're one of those teams that's right in the middle that has a chance to be a borderline playoff team, but I think that they're not a World Series contender, so I think they're a bottom of the barrel playoff team. Like, obviously, I don't think they're an A's or Royals, one of those teams that are an awful baseball team that's not going to win a lot. I think they're going to be in the mix for the last wild card spot, but I feel like that's the worst position to be because you don't know if they'll truly be sellers or true, or they'll try and buy to boost their team to try and get a little bit better of a playoff spot. But I feel like they're in just that kind of middle ground spot that you don't really want to be in. You know what direction I think they're in powder? What direction? I think they're in a youth movement direction, truthfully. Let's look at all the players, right? Rafi Devers, 25 years old, 26 years old, right? Yep. Tristan Casas, very young at first base. Manuel Valdez, a guy that they've kind of brought up and down, up and down. Another young guy. Marcelo Meyer, already in double-A and tearing it up in double-A Portland right now. Like, he he could be in the major leagues probably at the worst by 2025. Yeah. The absolute worst. The outfield is still pretty young with the exception of Duval. Like Verdugo's still pretty young. Yoshida's in his like mid to late 20s. I'm trying to think who else. The pitchers, I mean, Bayo and Whitlock and Hauk, they're all young. It seems like, minus the bullpen. The bullpen's a little more on the veteran side. But for the most part, Powder, it looks like mm-hmm. there is a young team here that's just going to try to develop. Yeah. And this is a bridge year. Now, being a bridge year, that's fine. You don't have to. Excuse me. You don't have to make the World Series. That's fine. But if you're going to be a bridge team, at least be a competitive bridge team. Don't be like the 2022 Red Sox because the 2022 Red Sox were a nightmare for Alex Cora, an absolute nightmare. I still believe Alex Cora is a really good manager. Is he perfect? No, he makes mistakes. He'll make some lineup decisions and he'll make some defensive replacements, pinch hit situations, whatever it is. That'll make you roll your eyes a little bit and question what he's doing. But I'd rather Alex Cora than a lot of the other managers out there right now. 
you put Alex Cora, I'm just trying to think, in like a Baltimore, you put him in a Cleveland, you put him even like in an Arizona situation right now. Mm-hmm. He's going to find a way to win. You got to put pieces around the coach, around yes, the manager. Now, you've been fortunate, Powder. You, you've been around a lot of good talent in your days. So it makes it easier, right? Yep. You know, I haven't had as much – I shouldn't say as much luck, but there have been some teams I've had that have been really bad and some teams that have been really good. And the difference is talent. Mm-hmm. When the Red Sox have talent, the product is better. But guess what? If you're going to stick with Bloom and you're going to stick with what's going on here – it ain't going to work. And I'm going to tell you something. If Heim Bloom has a longer tenure here than Alex Cora does, then you know that you messed up. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Alex Cora is going to make it through the season, unfortunately, Powder. I think one of two things is going to happen. I think either they're going to fire him to make it look like, see, it's Alex Cora's fault. It's not Heim Bloom. So that way ownership can have something to fall back on. Or he finds a way to resign. And he yeah. says, you know what? I'm good with this. I'll go home for the rest of the year. I'll spend time with my family. And then I'll I'll kind of peek out and see what, what opportunities arise. I don't think he's going to end up finishing the year here. And it's not because I don't want him to. I love Alex Cora. But he just doesn't have the pieces in place. And he doesn't look like he wants to be there. And that's the saddest part. And I don't blame him. All the stuff that Heim Bloom's done the past couple of years, with this organization, with this ball club, would you want to be there as their manager? I know that's it, that could be a yes because of the millions of dollars, but situation wise, you don't want to be there. No. I kind of went off on a rant. Just anything that you want to add or anything that you want to else you kind of want to say about the situation? No, I kind of agree with what you're saying. With he probably is sick and tired of the direction the Red Sox are in. Like you said, Dime Bloom weighs the Tempe. What? Ray's way might not be the right way for the Red Sox. The Red Sox are a team that should be spending a lot of money and going in the high price free agents and stuff like that. And that's kind of the error core was in when he was with Boston, where they were going out getting players when they need to fill the voids instead of trying to develop players here and there. And you never know how they're going to turn out because they're, they don't have the same analytical stuff that the Rays have or whatever that can just keep churning out pitcher after pitcher after pitcher that you don't you hear their name for one season then you never hear them again and stuff like that so I I think I do agree with you where Alex Gore is probably sick of the direction the Red Sox are going in with the Rays though I want to ask you something how many World Series titles have they won with that model oh zero zero they've gotten to a couple yep they haven't finished the job. Yeah. You can't just do it with quote unquote nerd ball. And I'm putting nerd ball in in quotations there. You have to have a feel for the game. Yeah. Dave Dombrowski had a feel for the game. That's why the Red Sox won a World Series in his tenure. Mm-hmm. Theo Epstein. I think a good mix of, of analytics, but mostly a baseball guy. Yeah. It wasn't afraid to make the big deals. Even Ben Charrington made the deals to win a World Series in 2013. They were lower signings, but they were the right signings. Mm-hmm. 
and they had a good level of young talent and veteran leadership. Yeah. What has Heim Bloom done? Now you could argue, you could argue, you could say like Garrett Whitlock, you could say Hunter Renfro when he came here, but he traded him away. You could say Kyle Schwarber brought him in, but let him walk. It just seems like a lot of the negative has drowned out any positive move that Heim Bloom's made, and mm-hmm. Alex Cora is suffering because of it. And if Alex Cora is going to suffer, then you need to get somebody new in here that knows this is a rebuilding situation. Mm-hmm. Because Cora doesn't deserve it, the players don't deserve it, the organization does not deserve it. You better fire Heim Bloom at the end of the season, if they don't make the playoffs again, if they're close, they might consider keeping him. But if it's not even close, you better get rid of him. Yeah. Man, he makes me angry. Anything else before we kind of wrap up for the week, Powder? Um, that's all I really got. Oh, actually, did you see, I'd like to talk to you about this because you coach and everything. Do you see the Stanford pitcher who threw 156 pitches? I did see that. Yeah, and, th- and then he said he could go out and give three outs the next day. Yeah, and then do you see the D three guy who threw like one hundred and sixty something pitches? Yeah, and then on Twitter he's like, "It's an elimination game, dude. Like I'm gonna go out there, I'm gonna throw till my arm falls off." Yeah, and he's like, "I'm never gonna play baseball again. I'm gonna live it out and do whatever I can to win a game." Yeah, I did see those. What are your quick thoughts on those? I mean, I don't think, obviously, a high school or youth kid should ever throw that many pitches. Um, I think you're crazy if you do that. But I think a college guy who's a senior, he's if you're a senior in college, you're 21, 22 years old, or some of these kids who are seniors because of COVID are 23, 24, 25 years old, which is ages of big leaguers. Like, obviously, especially D3 schools don't have the resources a big league club has, but Still, if it if you know you're a D3 guy who this is a chance to get your team to the College World Series or win the College World Series and you know you're never going to have a future in baseball, I don't hurt that guy. I don't have anything against that guy for going out there and trying to win a baseball game. And I think that's exactly what he did. And I, I don't – I think it's awesome that he went out there for his – Teammates, I never played college baseball. I know you did, but everything I hear is that most of those guys are your brothers for life and you would do anything for them. And I think it's awesome what both those pitchers did for their teams. I do too. And that's a lesson. You know, when you're trying to win something, if the kid says he can go, then let him go. Yep. Let him go. But if he's tired or he says his arm's starting to hurt or he's slowing down, yeah, then you pull him. Do what you have to do to win. But you also got to be considerate of the kid, too. You got to be considerate of the child. Yeah. But if he says, I'm good, keep me going, you keep him going if that's your best chance to win. Yeah. But, yeah, Definitely. just – I mean, people complain about everything. Like, you could right. – yeah, I'm just – I'm sick of it. But, yeah, I saw those very funny responses and good for – Good for those teams. Uh, did Stanford end up winning that game? They did. I think they won like eight to three or something like that. Okay, it wasn't the because I think I saw it in super regionals. Didn't they win on like a fly ball that they the other team couldn't see? Yeah, yeah. it was okay. not that game. It was a different game. I do think it was a game the, before. Okay. And do we know the D three school that had the pitcher that did that? 
I do not. Was it Johns Hopkins? It actually, I think it might have been. Now that you and said I think it. they won it too. That sounds right. Actually, I don't think I ever told you this. I played Johns Hopkins in my sophomore year of college. Really? Yeah, we were tied with them three to three going into the sixth inning, and then they just we we made some mistakes, but yeah, went one for three that game too. Awesome. All right. So, in conclusion, actually, was there anything else, Powder, that you wanted to? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut it short. But do you have anything else that you wanted to bring up? Nope. That's all I got. All right, so to kind of wrap up this episode, Bruce Cassidy wins the Stanley Cup. Meant his time in Boston still could have been done anyways, and there need to be a new direction. Bradley Beal could be on the move again. Celtics, see what's out there. DeAndre Hopkins better be a Patriot by next week. Alex Cora, we're split on whether we think he comes back or not. Yeah. And let the kids throw if they if their arms are good enough and they say they're okay. As always, make sure to rate and subscribe to the Legends Legal Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Anchor, and everywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Lingo Legends. And make sure to follow Student Union Sports at Student Union Sports on all platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, etc. If you're interested in joining the Student Union team, whether you're an experienced writer, writing for the first time, video production, whatever you are interested in, contact Liam Smith at the Student Union Sports accounts, and he will hopefully get back to you and bring you on to this great team that we have. Because it is a great team. You know, we're a part of it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yellow Card Podcast is a part of it. The Chasers are a part of it. Saturday Yet is a part of it. A lot of good people, a lot of good, just, it's a good community. It really is. Yes, it really is. But if nothing else for this week, that is Tom Powder Cadmus. I'm your host, Alan Nahigian. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening to episode 225. We'll see you next week for episode 226. Yes, sir.